This is Farmers Weekly. Britain's farm vets. An endangered species or a profession with a bright future? So, uh, welcome to the Veterinary Education Centre, everyone, um, here at Harper. This is, if you like, one half of the Harper Keel Vet School. We, ha- we have another building on the Keel campus. I'm Jane Richardson. I'm the Director of Operations for Harper Keel Vet School. We're standing in the Veterinary Education Centre on the Harper Adams campus. This is a purpose-built uh, facility which for use of the veterinary students and also the veterinary nursing and veterinary physiology students um, at Harper Adams. Jane Richardson from the Harper and Keel Vet School is rightly proud of the new veterinary study centre at Harper Adams University in Shropshire. Welcoming the first cohort of students through its doors this autumn, Jane hopes the school will encourage a new generation of farm vets to enter the profession. The school is a joint initiative with Keel University and it's already attracting would-be vets from a range of backgrounds with a special focus on farming. We're trying to attract a really diverse range of students into veterinary medicine. We really want to help people to understand that veterinary medicine can be open to a a wider range of people than perhaps it has been in the past. So we're looking for students from the traditional um, A-level background, but also those who've done maybe vocational degrees, had previous careers and are looking for a career change, have done an an access uh, diploma. So we want to spread the, the net as wide as we can. Welcome to this special episode of the Farmers Weekly podcast. From the Farmers Weekly news desk, I'm Johan Tasker. Britain faces a shortage of farm vets. The profession is at a crossroads with poor retention and recruitment rates contributing to 3,000 job vacancies across the veterinary sector. James Russell, Senior Vice President of the British Veterinary Association. What we know is that that's right across the piece from small animal practice, research, academia, and also farm animal work as well. But I think where it impinges directly on us and perhaps more profoundly on us in our sector is where we do have some of these smaller practices where actually, you know, the the, the percentage vacancy rate doesn't really matter. If you're a two or three vet team and you're one short, that's a big proportion of your team. BVA Senior Vice President James Russell. The shortage of vets has big implications for farmers like Cheshire dairy producer Richard Blackburn. Richard says a good vet is fundamental to the success of his farm business. I'm looking for professionalism, standard of care for my animals. The vet role on my farm, we're doing a lot more proactive work, which has got to be really good, using less antibiotics, uh, much more down the vaccination route. So yeah, the proactive work is the way forward. Richard says he's lucky to have a good vet and he wouldn't be without them. But 5% of farm vets say they lack a decent work-life balance and feel stressed or overworked and want to leave the profession. That's according to a Farmers Weekly survey which asked more than 420 vets about their career and how they see it progressing. Being on call is another source of dissatisfaction with 49% saying it's one of the worst aspects of the job. Ian Cure, Farm Director for Vet Partners, which has 160 veterinary practices across the UK, says the business works hard to retain good vets. It's different for every single person, so I think actually probably the biggest thing to learn is that 
it's not the same for everybody. Everybody's got different things that drive them. You know, for some, it might be what their career progression looks like. So, so what is it that I can do now in two years, five years, and what, what hurdles do I need to jump through to get to that? Some, it might be what my package looks like, and it might be remuneration. And for some, it might be, you know, what ownership options have I got in terms of businesses or, or shares or, or whatever. For some, it's just about actually how do I develop my career and, and at the same time give back. Some it might be research, some it might be teaching. And, and so it's understanding and, and for, for me, certainly within Vet Partners, it's how can we provide the biggest range of opportunities so that we can attract and retain as many people, great people, um, as we can so that they feel that they've got a career that they enjoy um, and can follow their sort of aspirations, I think. So yeah, it's not. It's probably not one size fits all. It's trying to do things that benefit as many people as possible, and at the same time, still benefiting the farmers that they work with by bringing, you know, great people into the business who've got lots of skills that are useful for for farmers, whether it be, you know, in specialisms, you know, fertility, lameness, whatever, or the environmental stuff that we're inevitably going to be faced with. So I think, yeah, that's probably a long answer, but that's the kind of gist, I guess. Ian Kier. Vets from overseas are one solution to filling the job gap, but there are challenges. 5% of vets say they've faced discrimination because of their race. Italian vet Alfonso Camassa moved to the UK in 2015. He says he hasn't faced discrimination himself, but he knows vets who have. I've been quite lucky because I never experienced uh, on-farm, you know, um, any sort of um, discrimination or harassment or whatever. And I have probably seen some of this behavior on other vets, on the foreign vets, of course, um, sometimes even within even the vet industry, not on-farm. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, something unfortunately is still there and it's quite um, hard to to hide i think sometimes and uh, yeah definitely uh there's something to work you know about absolutely alfonso camassa gender-based discrimination is more common with 70 percent of female vets saying they've experienced it firsthand sarah tomlinson qualified as a vet 20 years ago at the time i didn't think anything of it but actually i worked part-time for quite a lot of my career and I guess it wasn't gender discrimination, but I was part-time because I was female and had a young family. And looking back, I think I wasn't offered roles that I maybe could have done. I was seen as, they used to say to me, go and enjoy your time off because I didn't work a Wednesday. And actually it wasn't time off. And I felt guilty because I was having that time off. And probably the other vets were maybe slightly jealous because they would have liked that time off. So I think we need to make part-time and flexible working the norm. And, and make it more acceptable and more, yeah, normal in, in working life. And then some of that discrimination would, would disappear. As well as being a vet, Sarah is technical director for the TB Advisory Service, which provides free advice to farmers on ways they can combat the disease. Two thirds of vets say TB testing livestock is an unfulfilling part of their job, with nine out of 10 vets saying it takes up at least a quarter of their time. Vets like to be in control, we're perfectionists and actually I think that control is taken away from us when we TB test. We are just a testing technician, we're told what to test, when to test and we don't get to interpret the results and actually some negative results can impact our farmers who we have good relationships with and we're the bearer of that bad news. 
I think we we need to start looking at TB as an infectious disease and actually there are things we can control and discuss with our farmers and that's something we've tried really hard to do with the TB advisory service is put that empower those private vets to actually feel back in back in control and actually hopefully that then empowers the farmers again to have a bit of a more positive attitude around TB testing you know it, it is a job we've got to do it. we've got to do it well because the results are so important for for national disease control Sarah Tomlinson. As with most jobs, though, there are good sides as well as bad. Andrew Kerwin, Chief Executive of the independent veterinary group XL Vets, says the sector has to be better at telling a positive story. Some of the things that I think we have an opportunity now to to really do is think about the positive stories about what it means to be a vet in the future and and the role that we play in supporting the production of really healthy food and to make that a really positive story so that we are enthusing and inspiring the next generation. It's all about role models, isn't it? I mean, if you, if you can see it, you can be it is the expression that's used. And um, and that, I think, is is critically important for, for any profession, for any industry to be inspiring the next generation. Clearly, um, the old expression that would be used would be, you know, recruit for attitude and then train for skill. But I think we're looking for diversity of thought and opinion, for different experiences, and just ensuring that we hear from as many different voices as possible. But enthusiasm, enthusiasm and passion for what you do, a sense of purpose, a sense of passion for your mission, very, very important. Andrew Kerwin. For those who do make it in the profession, being a farm vet is still a great career. And there's no doubting the passion and sense of purpose of Hannah Batty of LLM Vets in northwest England and the Welsh borders. To me, there is no other job that gives you the satisfaction of um, carving a cow. Um, that feeling when a new calf hits the deck Um it's just you feel a bit like a superhero. You get to work with people who are passionate about their businesses, um, talking to farmers and finding out what makes them tick um, massively motivates me. Um, you get to drive around the beautiful countryside um, and I just absolutely love everything about British agriculture, really. And has it been as you expected as a profession? It hasn't. It hasn't, actually. In terms of kind of the practical nature of the job, you know, scanning cows for fertility visits, treating sick cows, carving them, um, that has. But it's given me so much more than I expected, really. I'm not from a farming background, not from the area. And I moved here on my own eight years ago and I've been welcomed into a community and made to feel important and valued, which is something... um, that yeah I didn't really expect it's become so much more than just a job it's a way of life which I really love and where do you see your career going um the possibilities are endless really I know I want to continue to deliver good clinical service to my clients um I want to make sure I develop and support their businesses I think my role in terms of practical basis it'll be less about um yeah like we talked about the carving cows kind of scenario more about educating and upskilling our farming um teams making sure that we support clients in terms of their staff management uh, their staff recruitment and retention and um yeah just continuing to do what we do and shout about it proudly That's farm vet Hannah Batty and shouting about it proudly is exactly what they're doing at the Harper and Keel Vet School. Professor of Sustainable Livestock Health and Welfare Jonathan Statham says Harper and Keel working together has many benefits and bodes well for the profession's future. 
I think there's there's two really really strong kind of innovative themes here at Harper and Kilvet School, and and the first one of those is interdisciplinary kind of skills and actually understanding the kind of the importance of teamwork and collaboration and working together with both the, the veterinary school but also kind of the long established kind of agricultural college and nurse training, and then over at the Kill site there's a medical school and business school and data science. So we bring together lots of different skills that are really important for the future of the kind of veterinary profession and also future of the country. And that really kind of sits alongside another really important theme, which is a major part of my role here, which is about sustainability and looking at sustainable livestock health and welfare in terms of my role. The two sites bring together, you know, this really diverse group of different skills and departments into kind of a single unit. That's Jonathan Statham. And that's it for this special episode of the Farmers Weekly Podcast. We'd like to thank everyone who spoke to us as part of this episode and a special thanks to the Harper and Keel Vet School for showing us around. You can subscribe to the Farmers Weekly Podcast on all the major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Our regular weekly podcast is out every Friday, bringing you all the latest farming news, views, comments and analysis. But for now, from the Farmers Weekly News Desk, I'm Johan Tasker. Thank you for listening.